0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, January 7th, 2018. Shore up, unity in the body of Christ. Given by disciple member Mike Osman. Well, good morning, Connection. Good morning. Happy New Year, right? 2018 is here. And I said in the earlier service, in like a lion and out like a lamb, I thought that was a spring thing, but it feels like a winter thing this year. Uh, The weather is really cold out there, um, but it's warm in here with the presence of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Well, my name is Mike Osmond, for those of you who don't know me. My wife Maria and I have been members of Connection Community Church since 2006, so for quite a while uh, we've been attending here. We love... Uh, what God is doing at our church and being a part of that and serving uh, the Lord here. And so um, we're real happy to be here. I'm happy to be here today and sharing the Word of God with you. Um, January, it's a new year. We're starting a new study here at Connection. Uh, The title of our study is Sure Up. Sure Up. And it is a study in the book of Ephesians and uh, what we're going to basically be talking about is how we strengthen one another, how we prop up um, and strengthen the body of Christ. Shoring something up brings reinforcement, it makes it stronger, better, more capable of withstanding the forces that would come against it. And so uh, in January we'll be doing the book of Ephesians and today my topic will be unity in the body of Christ and it will come from Ephesians chapter 4 so why don't you pray with me now Heavenly Father we thank you for this day that you have made sometimes we wonder why you make days as cold as they are Lord but we know Lord that everything you do has purpose and it's not just for now it's divine it's eternal you made us Father we thank you that you created us in your image and with purpose And so, Lord, as we look into the Word of God today, you will help to define not only our purpose, but to define the way we achieve and accomplish that purpose. Lord, we ask for your blessing on your Word, on our lives, and on our day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles with you, we'll be reading in Ephesians chapter 4. I read from the New King James Version. The verses will be on the screen, so uh, you can do that. Or I saw last service, some of you get your uh, phones out and um, get your Bible app out and, and follow along that way. Um, any way you'd like to do that is, is just fine. So why don't we get started and we'll turn right to Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to begin by reading the first three verses in Ephesians. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he says, "'I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace.'" Now Paul writes to the Ephesians around 60 to 61 A.D. Um, He was, when he refers to himself as the prisoner of the Lord, Paul speaks of this being a prisoner of the Lord in, in two ways. In other portions of Scripture, we see where Paul uh, speaks of himself as a prisoner of the Lord Jesus Christ, where Christ has captured him. He has become a prisoner of the Lord. He serves the Lord as one who is bound by the Lord. But this serving for Paul is not like um, being captured as, as an enemy would be captured and forced into service. He uh, sees himself as a bondservant, as someone who has laid down his own life to serve another. Paul is a prisoner of the Lord in his heart, in his mind, in all of his being. Paul serves the Lord as a prisoner of the Lord. He is bound in service to Christ. But in the writing of the book of Ephesians, Paul is literally saying to the Ephesian church that I am a prisoner of the Lord. Paul experienced two times where he was under Roman imprisonment. Under Roman imprisonment, Paul writes this book or this epistle to Ephesians. He also writes four other uh, or three other uh, books of the Bible or epistles. They are Philippians, Colossians, and Philemon. These four epistles are known as the prison epistles. The writings of Paul while under imprisonment. It's amazing to me where um, Paul is been put in, in imprisonment in some form of, of chains in a sense. He's not free to come and go for the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for the very thing they put him in this place, he continues to preach the gospel. He continues to write to the churches. He continues to speak the the gospel of Jesus Christ to those around him. You would think, well, let's see if I can shorten my imprisonment and maybe get out of here. Let me keep my mouth closed. But no, Paul is imprisoned to the Lord in his heart and so continues to speak the gospel of Jesus Christ under the time of this imprisonment. And so he says here as a prisoner of the Lord that he beseeches you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called in the body of Christ. If you are a believer, you have a calling. Every believer in the body of Christ has a calling. And oftentimes we consider callings as on those who are pastors or, or uh, paid ministers in the, in the ministry, people that uh, do that for a living, get paid that way. But every believer is called in the body of Christ. And the reality is that there are more callings in the body of Christ that are not leadership positions but our voluntary positions where we volunteer and we serve the Lord as unpaid servants of the Lord. So what is your calling as a believer? What is your calling in the body of Christ? And there are qualities that Paul um, mentions here in verse 2 that help us To walk worthy of the calling that we have. It says here, with all lowliness, this word lowliness really means lowliness of mind or humility, not to think of ourselves more highly than we should, not to think less of others, but to be humble. We are called to be humble with one another and with gentleness, another another quality necessary for us to be in unity in our calling in the body of Christ. Gentleness is very important. You know, I know for some of us, um, we may have a little more of an edgier side than others. Some of us are more naturally gentle. Others may be more outgoing. um, But gentleness is important in the body of Christ. And there are certain times when it's especially important for us to focus on gentleness because at that moment we may not be sensing gentleness. We we may be having a harsh moment, a moment where we want to say a harsh word, respond in a harsh way. And that's not what the uh, worthy walk in our calling um, demands from us, but gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, with long suffering. And this is this long suffering really means patience. With patience, bear with one another in love. And I, I really don't like the idea of this long suffering. Sometimes, as a believer, we go through times and seasons where there's long suffering, that requires our patience and it, it could be self-inflicted suffering or it could be well, suffering inflicted by others and what I find when it is this the uh, suffering inflicted by others I really need the patience more and I'm called to bear with one another in love you are called to bear with one another in love when i find that the um, long suffering i'm going through is is uh, being generated from someone else outside of myself and i'm struggling with this patience with this long suffering i have to see the way god sees why is this person why is this situation um, causing me so much stress so much suffering And if I can see the need in another person, if I can see why someone may be struggling in their life, do you know someone in a family, in your family maybe, that has struggled with addiction and it has caused so much turmoil in your family or with other issues that have created relationship issues that have caused suffering in your family? That's the part where we bear one another in love. See, there have been times in my life where I have walked as a believer. I've been a believer almost 37 years now. And there have been times in my walk with the Lord that if someone who didn't know me looked at me and saw me and heard me, they might not think that I was a believer. I was struggling. I was in a place where I needed to be bared up, to be lifted up and encouraged That's what we do when we bear one another in love. When I'm down and I need healing, you guys come along. The church comes along. Other people come along. Pick me up. Carry me. Bring me back into the body of Christ. Help shore me up and strengthen me. Build me up. Restore me in unity. And I may be the one causing suffering in your life... And if I am the one and you reach out to help me because you see my need, that will give you a new strength that will help you to experience the worthy calling of God that is in your life. What is your calling in your life? What is your calling? Is God calling you to bear someone else up in love, to restore them to the body of Christ, what is your calling endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace in verse 3 and this is where we need as a church as the body of christ we need to really maybe refocus or tweak our focus on this idea of unity it says here endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace now a lot of times you know, my idea is if 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 we want unity, you guys should just agree with me, right? It, look, here's how it is. Agree with me, we'll be in unity and let's move forward. That's easy, isn't it? And on the other side of that coin, you may have the same idea. Even in relationships, husband and wives, finding that unity, right? I think it should be this way, you think it should be that way. But we're in the body of Christ, not called to be in unity with one another. We are called to be in unity with the Spirit. Now we'll see how that affects us in such a way that we can be in unity with one another. Unity in the body of Christ is dependent on our unity with the Spirit of God, with the will of God. God is doing great things here at Connection Community Church, has been doing things for many years. 2018 is an exciting year, new things are happening, the building is, is, process is going on. But beyond that, there are so many lives that God wants to change and touch and encourage and build up here at Connection Community Church this year. And if we're in unity with God, with the Spirit of God, He will cause us to be in unity with one another, to be a part of this work of God at Connection Community Church. So let's go on and read verses 4 through 6 and see what the result of this unity in the body of Christ is as we treat one another. With, with humility and gentleness, long-suffering, and, and help each other, bear one another in love. In verse 4 it says, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Do you see the oneness in all of these verses? It begins with saying there is one body. And this is something we need to try to understand. When God looks down on the earth, when he sees us, when he sees the body of Christ, God doesn't look down and see denominations. Look at these different, look at the Methodists and the Presbyterians, the Catholics and the Pentecostals. He doesn't see that. He sees the body of Christ. There is one body. And in our minds, my experience for some 11 years is I come here, and when I think about it, I I kind of, this is what I experience most of the time, and this is my concept or idea of, of what worshiping God is. But it is bigger than that. We are a part of the body of Christ, an expression of the body of Christ. But the whole body of Christ worldwide is truly the body of Christ. All believers are a part of this one body, this one spirit, this uh, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father all, who is above all, through you all, and in you all. And so how do we accomplish this unity? How do we accomplish this unity beyond the borders of connection, beyond the borders of our denomination, beyond the borders of our self-prescribed or self-inflicted view of the body of Christ? How do we get to the big picture. How do we get in unity with the Spirit of God, not with just our concept or idea of that? Let's look in verse 7 and see what the Scripture says here. But to each one of us grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. So this says here, just like anything else that we do for God, we must rely on God's grace To accomplish the unity that is necessary to fulfill and walk worthy of the callings that we have. We must rely on grace. No matter our uh, qualities, our education, our resources, no matter our connections, all of those things are not enough to fulfill God's divine purpose and will in our lives. We cannot fulfill and walk worthy of our calling without the grace of God. Even our very salvation is dependent on God's grace. For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of works. All that we do can never even achieve the salvation necessary to be in the body of Christ. It is all dependent on God's grace. And grace is something that is always available, something that we can always receive. I think of Christ, He lived His life. The Bible says He was tempted in every way as we were, yet. He was without sin. So in every temptation, Christ relied on the grace of the Father. That is the same challenge for us. The difference between him and us is that he did it every time relied on the grace of God, where we, from time to time, don't rely on the grace of God. When I find myself in a place in life where I'm starting to feel like, I got this, I got this, no problem. Then I start to question, am I relying on this grace of God or am I becoming proud? Am I being humble Or is pride becoming a part of my life? 36 years I've been through Bible school and Bible studies and led groups and this and that. And I've done this and I've done that. Oh, I've got this. And yet, recently I asked God to forgive me for a sin. Do I really have this without God's grace? Church, do we really have this without God's grace? Every day we need the grace of God. And that's how we will accomplish this unity in the body of Christ. So it says that to each one of us this grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. And in verses 8 through 10, let's take a look at this idea of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says in verse 8, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. The gifts in verse 8, it says, and he gave gifts to men. These gifts that Christ gave when He ascended into heaven are known as the five-fold ministry gifts or the ascension gifts. When Christ ascended into heaven, He gave gifts. Now, these verses are going to uh, talk about, and we're going to look at the five-fold ministry gifts in the body of Christ. But He gave a gift before those five. Remember the story where Jesus told his disciples before he ascended, he said, go to Jerusalem, wait for me there for the promise of the Father. And they went and they waited and they prayed. And in unity as they were praying, the Holy Spirit was given. It came down upon them and it says that it appeared as tongues of fire on each of them and they all spoke in tongues and they began to preach the gospel, thousands were saved. And then the church age began, the New Testament age began, when the church, the new church, the body of Christ, was initiated. God gave the Holy Spirit. Remember back earlier in the verses earlier, we're to be in unity with the Spirit. The Spirit came to be in us and with us, to lead us, to teach us and guide us in this calling that each one of you have so as this comes god fills the church with this spirit and then he gives gifts to men we just went through the christmas season and have you ever gotten a gift you open that gift and you you go like this and you're like what am i going to do with this thing we watched The Christmas Story, I don't know how many times, you know, it's one that whole 24-hour period, and, and we, I at least watched it two other times on my own. I'm just crazy about that movie. And you ever see the scene where the two boys are tearing it up, getting into their gifts, and they both get these socks, look at each other, and out those gifts go. They're tall give me the toys, who wants these socks? I don't want these socks. God never gave you a gift that you would open, that you'd look at, that had no purpose or that should be discarded or returned. Every gift of God that he gives has a purpose. Every gift he gives to each one of us has a meaning and is meant to help us achieve unity in the body of Christ to fulfill the call of God to shore up or strengthen build up the body of Christ and to preach the gospel to the world sometimes we need some instruction on how to use these new gifts uh Maria reminded me we got a sound bar i got a sound bar for christmas this year uh, our son gave to us and it's a simple plug in right <laughs> it's still not working <laughs> We need some instruction. So, uh, anybody wants a free meal, we'll cook for you. If you want to come, plug this in in a way that makes it work for us, <laughs> right, honey? I just put you on the spot. Um, so, we'll get we'll get it. You know, we know it's coming, but we need some instruction. Well, the fivefold ministry gifts that Christ gave to the church are those given in positions of leadership to help instruct us to learn how to use the gifts of God that are meant for each of you to fulfill your calling of God in the service of God, to not only strengthen and build up the body of Christ, but to proclaim the gospel in all the world. And so let's talk about these fivefold ministry gifts or these ascension gifts that Christ gave. In verse 11, it says this And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. Those five are the, known as the fivefold ministry gifts or the ascension gifts. When Christ ascended, he gave those gifts to help instruct us in the use of the gifts that God gives to us for service in the body of Christ. Jesus himself was the chief apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. These fivefold ministry gifts are an expression of his authority in leadership in the church today. They are still a part of the church today. In the Holy Scriptures, Jesus is spoken of as an apostle in Hebrews chapter 3, as a prophet in Matthew chapter 21, as an evangelist in Luke 19, as a pastor shepherd in 1 Peter 2, and as a teacher in John 3. Now, not only just there, but in other places as well. But in the New Testament, references are made to these fivefold ministry gifts. Listen to the number of times. The apostle is mentioned 85 times. The prophet is mentioned 150 times. Now, of those mentionings, 20 of those mentionings are not Old Testament prophets. It's not a mention about Isaiah or Daniel, Ezekiel, Hosea, any of the Old Testament prophets, but 20 of those mentions of prophets are the names of New Testament prophets. Three times evangelists is mentioned, Pastor, teachers, uh, Pastors or shepherds are mentioned 12 times, and teacher is mentioned 125 times. Now, for most of us, predominantly for all of us in the body of Christ, a church, a local expression of the body of Christ, has a pastor and teachers, or a pastor who is a teacher. Pastors are called to be teachers. And we're used to the um, input of pastoring and teaching. At Connection, we have great pastoring and great teaching. But those two gifts alone are not enough for us to fulfill the full calling of God in the body of Christ. We need the effective ministry of all of those five-fold ministers. The apostle, the prophet, and the evangelist are an important part Of the body of Christ being strengthened and shored up and able to walk in unity in God's will for the church and these fivefold leadership positions are given with a purpose and let's look at that purpose in verses 12 and 13 it says in verse 12 for the equipping of the Saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the son of God to a perfect man, to the mature, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. And so in the beginning of verse 12, it says for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. So today is Sunday, it's it's my day off. But the five-fold ministry gift is given to all of us for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. You guys may not think of it this way, but you all have another job. As ministers of the body of Christ, you have a calling, and that calling is to work for Christ. Like Paul said, I am a prisoner of the Lord. He is serving and laboring. We all are called to work in the kingdom of God. What is your calling? What is your work to do in the kingdom of God? The fivefold ministry equips the saints for the work of ministry. We aren't called here just to be encouraged and to you know, recharge the battery, to go home and make it through another hard week. We are called here to be strengthened and trained and equipped to go out to do the work of God. What is your work? Where is God calling you? And it goes on to say... Um, For the edifying of the body of Christ. This word edifying goes back to the the concept of shoring up, building up and strengthening the body of Christ. Part of our work is to strengthen one another, to be there for each other as we serve the Lord, as we go through this time of, of service here in this life during this time on earth. Until we come to the unity of the faith, to the unity of the faith. Again, the idea is not unity with each other. It's talking about unity with God. When we're in unity with God, we'll be okay with each other. We won't make a big issue out of our differences because we're not in it for what I want to see happen and you're not in it for what you want to see happen. We're in it for what God wants to see happen. And that makes us one. There's our unity. There is this edifying where we can build each other up in the calling of God on our lives. So this is the purpose of the fivefold ministry. It says that we would um, we're come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. The perfect man. The Bible often talks about man and it's not at all speaking of gender. It's speaking of mankind, God's creation. The perfect man is this mature man creation till we come to this place of maturity in Christ to the fullness of the stature of the measure of Christ uh, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ that is the purpose for the fivefold ministry and in verse 14 when the effective work of the fivefold ministry happens it leads us to maturity, and it leads us to unity. It is important for us to be exposed to all of the ministry of God, and where we can't get it, uh, you know, like on a regular basis, there are, there are um, all kinds of, of, there are other meetings, there's uh, the, the media, um, what is the media thing we have now? I forget the, the name of the media thing, online media it's yeah right now I've got I got the app on my phone I use it all the time I just had a brain a little brain freeze there it's this cold weather there's all kinds of ways I can I can get ministry from these other fivefold ministry gifts that are on a regular part of our services it's out there and it's important for us to use and as a result of the effective work of the fivefold ministry We look in verses 14 and 15, we see what happens. It says that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ." And I said to Carrie a couple of weeks ago, I said, I wonder what the Apostle Paul would preach if he came here to the church and we gave him the platform. What would that preaching be like? What would his service be like? Paul didn't mince a lot of words. In this writing to the church at Ephesus, he's not writing to children. He's not writing to the children's ministry. He's writing to the leaders of the church. He's writing to the adults in the church. And he says to them that you should no longer be children. Grow up. Grow up in God. Children want their way. They want what they want when they want it. They want things that aren't good for them. They have tantrums when they don't get it. But the Apostle Paul says that in Christ, we should grow up and mature in Christ and not be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Children as young and innocent and trusting believe so many things. We bought our grandchildren some some gifts for Christmas that were uh, costume related to some of the animated shows they watch. Those characters are real. in their mind, those characters are real because they're children. They believe something to be real that is not. Back in the time of, the, of Jesus on the earth and when the scriptures were being written, there were false doctrines that tossed the church to and fro. Even today, there are things that are being brought up and taught as doctrine that is not in line with the Word of God. It does not agree with the authority of God's Word. And the effective work of the fivefold ministry helps us to understand what things are not and what things are supposed to be in the body of Christ. And finally, in verse 16, It says, "...from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love." And so, from whom the whole body joined and knit together, that's speaking of that unity being knit and joined together the whole body according to the effective work by which every part does its share. What is your share? What is your part in the working of the body of Christ today? So church, every week we have a challenge. We have a question. And for this week, today's challenge is this. It is to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit by grace and to follow Jesus and to allow Jesus to express himself to you through the fivefold ministry gifts so that you may become one body, mature in love, strengthening, building up, shoring up one another for the work of ministry. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the, the power of your word, the presence of your spirit with us. We, we thank you, Lord, that you, you gave the fivefold ministry gifts and that you've called each one of us to the work. Lord, in this calling, it is not just to reach out to the world, but it is to strengthen one another, to shore up the body of Christ to embrace each other as we do this service together. We thank you for the unity of the body of Christ. We thank you for your grace to fulfill the call on our lives. And we ask, Lord, that this week we would receive your grace and follow the work you've called us to in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7692. Connection Community Church, connecting people with Jesus in the light.